0: Welcome to episode three, wow, third episode already, um, of Rambling with Austin. It is me, I'm Austin, that's who's rambling. Um, And it's just me today. If you didn't listen to episode two with Travis, check it out. Um, It's really good, Travis, my good friend. Um, We talk about a lot of racial issues, inequality, um, some fundamental changes that probably need to be made uh, in the United States. We talk about a few other things. Um as well. So check him out. Uh it's a really good episode. Um all his socials are in there, his Twitch channel. Um check him out. Cool guy. Um so yeah, like I said, today is just me back again with some good info. It's been a while. I've I've been kind of busy. I know my posting schedule has been kind of sporadic, but uh unfortunately this isn't my full time job, so I can't just dedicate some time to it. Sometimes I gotta move some things around. But I'm glad to be back making uh, another episode. This one's going to be kind of hefty. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, there's been a lot of crazy news. Um, we had two debates already. Um, we're going to discuss the presidential debate in detail, go through a lot of the major points, do some fact-checking of some stuff, just kind of kind of talk about it. I'm going to give my thoughts and my takeaways. We're going to discuss the the vice presidential debate a little bit, um, see how um, that went. Do a little bit of fact checking there, maybe we'll see. Um, yeah, so let's just jump into it. Let's just get into this this debate. Um, first, I just want to say, what the hell did we watch? Um, shit was nuts, right? I, I thought it was going to be kind of crazy. Um, I if you remember twenty sixteen and the debates then, you know Donald Trump was loud and abrasive, like he is. That's just his his personality, his character. Uh, this was that times like ten um, huh? The man wouldn't let (laughs) Joe Biden speak, you know, after the debate, he's like, "Ah, I was debating two people, the moderator and Joe Biden. Um, Donald Trump hates Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace is a Fox reporter. So you think he'd love him, but he hates Chris Wallace. And, um, it's very apparent after the fact when he's criticizing Chris Wallace's skills, which I thought the questions were really well put together. Um, and there were a lot of like uh, major flaws in both candidates. Not just Trump, but Biden had a lot of misfires. I was just kind of glad he held it together for, well, like an hour and a half. Um, didn't really say anything like crazy. Didn't wander off from the podium. Um, and I thought I said some really... There were some really good moments. Like moments of clarity that I didn't think we were going to see. And we'll kind of touch on those. Um, what I did to talk about this, I kind of broke it down into... A lot of the major categories that they talked about. Um, I'm going to go through and summarize kind of both their points, give my feelings on some things, um, and see what happens. We're just going to we're going to go with it. Um, so one of the the big ones, the the first one, I don't know about first. Uh, I just kind of wrote them out as I excuse me remembered them and uh, kind of what I wanted to talk about first. But one of the the big ones was the Supreme Court, right? It's, it's been on everybody's mind. We talked about it. Uh, my first episode was right around the the, the time that uh, RBG passed, um, and I kind of talked about the importance of a Supreme Court justice before the you know, the election was over. And of course, Chris Wallace kind of hammered into both candidates about how they felt. Um, Donald Trump obviously laid out that you know the majority, the Senate majority Republicans, should get to choose and. You know how they're going to repeal the Affordable Care Act, which you know he sees as bad, right? Um, doesn't he thinks it doesn't do much for the American people? It'd be less expensive, and he's kind of right about the less expensive part. It is, um, it is a little ex- expensive, but I guess it's a question you'd have to ask yourself. And I guess what I would ask Donald Trump is, you know, covering the health of of your fellow man isn't that kind of what America's all about, helping other people. Well, that's helping other people. And I think this disconnect with, like, healthcare and civil rights and Republicans, conservatives, it's really interesting because, you know, they're all about America and freedom and giving people the chance to do things and um, patriotism and coming together as a nation. But when it t- comes time to come together, like with healthcare in a coronavirus pandemic, like we're seeing now, it's like the complete opposite. Like, they don't want to be told what to do. They don't believe that you know They should have to wear a mask to help people. I'm not sick. Why do I need to wear a mask? And they're quick to point towards sources that may not be very reliable to prove that point. Um, one of the other major parts of this, I think that we need to talk about is he pushes he pushes Joe Biden pretty hard when he talks about court packing. Um, court packing is when a president, whether it be Republican or Democratic, doesn't really matter, throws on a bunch of justices, that they push through to help pass and keep things in place, so they don't get repealed by the Supreme Court. Um, it happens a number of times throughout history, um, and there's a real oppor- there's a real chance. I think it's a, it's a very realistic possibility that um, should you know Amy Coney Barrett get nominated, get on the Supreme Court. Joe Biden wins. That's something that could happen. Whether he makes he puts two justices on there makes it 11 because I think maybe something that people don't like, it's not something well well known is that the Supreme court doesn't have, there's no rules to how many people can be on there. It's just been nine for like 150. I don't know who settled on the number nine. It's a nice number. Um, But yeah, somebody settled on it at some point. Um, So, you know, he, he asks Joe, Joe, are you going to pack the court? You're going to pack the court, Joe, you're going to pack the court. Um, he never said sleepy Joe, which I was really kind of surprised about had a drinking game pulled up while I was watching it. And I was like, okay, anytime he says sleepy Joe, we're taking, taking a big swig. And he never did. And I was kind of disappointed, um, about that, but he, he pushes Joe and, you know, Biden spouts out something about how, you know, the American people should decide with their vote, who gets to be on the Supreme court. And he kind of dodges that question. Um, really, it was really awkward the way he did it. Um, because how can you dodge a direct question, I guess, right? We're going to talk about dodging direct questions when it comes to Donald Trump and Mike Pence um, here in a little bit, so keep that in mind. Um, but for Joe Biden, you know, he, he argues that, you know, yeah, Barrett's doesn't like uh, the Affordable Care Act and how overturning that's going to leave millions of Americans without health insurance. Um, and it's just going to be terrible for everybody, especially women's rights, um, you know, because under the Affordable Care Act, Pre-existing conditions are expanded, and a lot of those affect women. Um, one of the big things I think that plays into that is, and we talked about this last week, or not last week, but the first episode too, um, if you remember that far back. Which, by the way, before I continue, thank you to everybody who listens out there. I get metrics from Anchor, and I had like fifteen listens, and I was really excited about that. And I think I had a retention rate of like fifty percent. I'm like, hey, that's half the audience. That's and that was for the whole episode. Um that's for the whole, like I think the first episode is like an hour and sixteen minutes. So thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Um all of you that are out there retweeting and and uh listening and, and joining me in this, you know, the hour that I get to talk to you. So thank you. I appreciate it. Um anyways, so women's rights in in Barrett. So another big thing that I think we need to think about is, you know, we talked about Roe v. Wade the possibility of it being overturned or the possibility of it being gutted somehow, making it maybe private, right? Like private companies, Uh, states can't fund uh, abortion clinics with public funds. Maybe that'll be something that happens. And so it'll make make abortion clinics private and very, very expensive so that only a few privileged folks get to go use them. Um, Another thing that I saw recently that kind of ties into this, and it wasn't necessarily brought up during the debate, but um, I couldn't help but think of the sort of danger that women's rights um are in right now uh especially with the current administration and the sort of changes that they're going to make should they get reelected, is. And we talked about you know rbgs historic cases and things um oberfeld versus hodges is is definitely a danger two justices two republican justices uh clarence thomas and samuel alito came out i think it was like on thursday last thursday maybe friday uh sometime last week and said wrote, wrote a big, um, dissent against that case talking about how it, you know, hurt religious liberty and it hurt those that practice a certain faith and didn't believe in those sorts of ideals. It was oppressing them. And I, th- and I think that's probably the argument they made originally in like 2015, 2016 when, uh, you know, like that case went to the Supreme court and it was passed, you know, gay marriage being legal in all 50 States. Um, I bet that was part of that defense, or the part of the dissent uh, of them voting no. And so to a lot of people, and to me too, when you read those sorts of statements of disagreement and you think, okay, well, they have another one who's going to come on and write a written state of disagreement like that. Now the Republicans have the majority. It's very quick, could be overturned. So there's a lot at stake with this Supreme Court nomination and whether they push it through in the next, uh, you know, 20, what, how many days into the election? 23, I think, something like that, Twenty, twenty-five. 25. Um, so it'll be really interesting, especially when, you know, like I, th- I think there's two or three members of the Senate that have uh, tested positive for COVID-19. And so you're gonna, you know, we have to look to see if, um, you know, Mitch McConnell wants to bring them back in like this. Um, I don't think they're gonna wanna do it by Zoom, right? Donald Trump's already come on Fox Business, I think today, yeah, today, and said that he wasn't, going to participate in a debate if it was uh, like an online debate, like through Zoom or some other uh, thing like that, which is nuts. Huh? What do you think is going to happen? And I've seen a lot of people tweet in support of him about this idea that you never know what's going to go on behind the curtains. And I'm like, look, it's given by like an independent third party. The Democrats don't do it. The Republicans don't do it. It's the Commission for Presidential Debates. Their whole job is to uphold the legitimacy of debates and make sure that everything runs smoothly and fairly for all people. That's why the rule sets get sent to both campaigns. The campaigns have a chance to look at them, have a chance to question, to comment, to voice concerns, and then agree on rule sets. And they've already done so. And I've seen a lot of people say, this has never happened before. This is a disgrace to the American way. Blah 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 blah. blah. And I didn't know this, um, but looking it up, um, it's not the first time. And, I, and like the nineteen, you know, sixties, uh, uh, John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon did an, quote-unquote like zoom um, debate. Uh, John F. Kennedy was in New York. Richard Nixon was was in Los Angeles, and they did. They had somebody in I think Chicago who was the, the mediator. And they did it like that. They did like a split screen on the TV and boom, they did it. So (laughs) I don't know what their argument's going to be now, Um, but it'll be interesting. I've seen a lot of support for, I'm not going to pronounce her name, last name, at least right. I think it's Joe uh, Jurgensen, maybe Jurgensen. Um, She's like the independent candidate um, for the, like the libertarian party. And I've seen a lot of people push to get her on the stage or on the zoom call as it probably will end up being. Um, if Donald Trump definitely refuses. And I think that's going to be a mistake if he doesn't. I don't know how he's going to spin that. But that Fox Business interview, you guys should listen to it. And he does not sound well. Uh, We're going to talk about Trump and the COVID um, positive test he had here in a little bit. So let me just put a pin in that. But he does not sound good. Anyways, so yeah, Biden thinks, you know, the American people should decide, you know, he gets elected president. He should be able to have the chance to put a justice on there. You know, Trump then rebuttals with something about how it happens 29 times. Um, And Mike Pence brought that up, too, in the vice presidential debates, but 29 times. Um, I really think that a strong rebuttal from Biden and Harris would have been using, like, Lindsey Graham as sort of like the throw him under the bus. You know, oh, look, Republican Lindsey Graham. Oh, he said, oh, man, he said we're not going to. And I think it's like in 2018, the interview, you know, he said that we're not going to do that in an election year. We would never do that. And he turns around and says they're going to push it through. So I think that would have been a much stronger rebuttal is to use their own words against them. Um, And one thing I'll say for that, the entire debate, what I've kind of noticed is Trump did his whole grandiose on the greatest. My policies are the greatest. They helped so many people, the most people ever in American history and we're the greatest administration in American history and blah, 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 blah. Not you know, backing it up with any sort of facts or claims or statistics or anything, really. Um, Biden came out with a lot of statistics, with a lot of facts, a lot of claims. Not to say that that makes his argument any stronger. Statistics don't make you smart. Quoting statistics do not make you smart. Remember that. Sometimes it can make you seem less smart. Um, But he did quote a lot of statistics, and we're going to fact check a few things that he... He had statistics on, like, I think sp- specifically one I have down is like the trade deficit with China. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, so, so a lot of what we're going to talk about Trump is going to be a lot of, I don't even know what to call it, like not showboating, but just like peacocking, right? Like talking over Biden, yelling and, and pointing at Biden, you know, sort of demeaning him. Um, There was a weird exchange at one point where he was talking about his son, Hunter, in cocaine. Like, he just goes, your son is addicted to cocaine. Okay. Okay. And I don't know. That was just really uncalled for. I think, you know, it got very disrespectful from both sides. I'm not saying Biden didn't play into it, didn't do the things that Trump did. I'm not going to say he did it as bad or as often, right? Um, He didn't bring up. Trump's kids. I mean, he did, he he did after he brought up, after Trump brought up Hunter and Bo Biden. Um, I, I don't know. It was just really, I think like a lot of people, it was just really disheartening. Did not give me any confidence in anybody to run this country. Um, but the next topic is COVID-19. Obviously, that's something that's impacting us now. It's going to impact us into next year. Um, Donald Trump, you know, Points out that his policy to, uh, you know, block visitors from China saved you know so so many lives, and how you know, Joe Biden wouldn't have done that. He called it xenophobic. He called it, um, you know, nasty, and he would never have done that. He said he would have kept businesses open. Or um, uh, Joe is against keeping businesses open, and how you know closing all of them for such a long time would have tr- destroyed the economy and. Um, you know, now our economy is rebounding and this, that, and the other, and, and how, you know, he did a great job. Um, he also said, interestingly, and Mike Pence echoed this same point, um, that a vaccine is going to be ready by like, the end of this year. Huh? I, I, everything that I've seen, Dr. Fauci, um, you know, testifying to Congress, Dr. Fauci being interviewed by multiple news sources, when Dr. Fauci was a part of the coronavirus task force briefings and, and, and leading them, you know, he has always said that an effective vaccine is not going to happen until like next year. Um, and I'm inclined to believe him. Um, do you want to know why? It's not Dr. Donald Trump. It's Dr. Anthony Fauci. The man's a scientist. You aren't. I believe him. You don't believe science is real. Donald Trump. Um, So I'm not going to believe you. Um, Now, Biden obviously hammered in the fact that, you know, 200,000 plus people have passed from COVID-19. You know, he says that rapid closing, his plan, you know, if he were president during this time, you know, would be rapid closing. And I think more importantly, the continuing stimulus package to the American people um, that would help the economy keep chugging along until we can get back to where we got to be. Um, I think it's a really important point because I've seen a lot of people like uh, Andrew Yang, Mark Cuban, Elizabeth Warren, obviously Bernie Sanders, um, mm-hmm. AOC, and and a few Republicans. You know Nancy Pelosi, mm-hmm. who have said, "Look, we just need to keep more stimulus to the people." Mm-hmm. And I know like UBI, Universal Basic Income, is kind of wrapped up into this argument um, about you know how this shows mm-hmm. the need for Universal Basic Income you know, this extra thousand dollars a month to every American. Um, you know, if we had that already, this wouldn't be nearly as bad. I think we should implement it now. And this is coming off in the wake of, you know, Donald Trump canceling, excuse me, Mm -hmm. talks with Democrats. Sorry, my phone is just going nuts. Um, after Trump ends talks with like Nancy Pelosi and and Congress, Democrats, Democratic congressmen, um, for a second stimulus bill because the, the Democrats didn't like what was in there, thought there were too much um, for the upper class. And so they they put the kibosh, kibosh to their last package. And so Trump said, fuck it. I'm not going to talk to you guys anymore if this is how it's going to be. Um, basically gave him the big middle finger. So Joe pointed that out too. And I think that's a really strong point. And to me, I'm a little biased, obviously. But to me, that's enough for me. If I'm If I'm like on the fence, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Joe Biden's right, man. Um and another weird thing that Trump kinda dug him dug his hole into is he started talking about like the swine flu and like how disastrous it was and like sixty five million Americans were infected. Um, which is true. That's a true fact. Like the Obama's um like, uh disease task force that he had set up Um, like Ebola was around and things like that. Yeah. They said like an estimated 65 million Americans probably got it. Um, but 15,000 of them died from it versus 200,000 that we're seeing now. I'm so sorry. There's no difference there. Uh, excuse me. There's a big difference there. Um, large difference. And so I really think he kept digging himself a hole and he does this the whole debate like he just brings up nonsensical things that kind of just like, what are you talking about, man? He doesn't really answer any of the questions. He kind of dodges them around. He'll just say like generalized statements glorifying himself and his administration. I'm the best. I'm this. But um, we see that with the economy. Now he does bring up he does he does do some some fancy talk. Um, and I had to. I'm not an economics major. I took Econ 101 and 102, micro and macro. Got C's in both. <clears throat> Don't really remember much. But he does bring up, uh, you know, one of the questions Chris Wallace Chris Wallace asks both of them is, you know, Donald Trump says the economy's V-shaped while Joe Biden says it's K-shaped. How do you feel about that is pretty much the question. And, you know, Trump says, yeah, I think it's V-shaped. Uh, basically what happens is when the coronavirus started and the economy started to collapse and drop, um, it goes down. And now we've hit kind of what's like rock bottom and now we're rebounding, making a big V. Um, he says that that was because, you know, he did the rapid closing of states and he targets specifically blue states, like democratic states about this, you know, they closed too soon and they kind of hurt the economy, but it's fine because, um, I've got us open and I've got us working and I've got us, um, growing and we need to open everything back up as soon as we can to keep that V trending upwards. Um, he also says, uh, in this whole segment, he brought football back. He brought football back. He's like, the state of Ohio is going to thank me because I got the Big Ten football back. Okay, congrats, I guess. Football is already back, dumbass. The NFL was like playing that night. Anyways, um, Joe Biden again pulls out some stats, talks about the Dow Jones, um, and talks about why it's K-shaped. Basically, if you think of a graph, right, you have the axes and you have a v that's starting from um, one of the axes and forming a K shape, right? So basically what it means is that the rich are getting richer. And I think, and I was like thinking about this in, in, in the statistics and what I've read um, elsewhere, you know, I, I read and I looked it up again. I, I did fact checking. I'm always trying to be as, you know, factual as possible here. Um, Jeff Bezos surpassed 200 total billion dollars earned uh, during like, this time, I think it was back in like March when the big shutdown, uh, March and April, big shutdowns were happening in pretty much all fifty states. Jeff Bezos somehow surpasses two hundred billion dollars, um, and a lot of you out there will say, "Oh, that's not in, that's not in physical things. That's all liquidated. That's all stocks." And he, you know, he's he's just worth that. He doesn't have that much. Fuck that. He's got $2 billion, $200 dollars. Billion. That's too much money. Too much. Um, you know, he says the policies that donald trump has enacted the the tax cuts the tax breaks have hurt the working class um the the regular joes the regular folks and that stimulus needs to happen now we need stimulus packages now and he blames trump for the breakdown in communications which like yes he's the one that did cut it off um was there some input, probably from Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats? Yes, it's always a two-way street. I dislike Trump with a passion; uh, he's vile. Um, but it takes two to tango, so um, you know, Nancy Pelosi was a part of it. But you know, he argues we need a stimulus package now, and I would love a stimulus package. I would love to have an extra two hundred grand, hundred, not two hundred grand. Well, okay, I'd love to have two hundred grand, but an extra two thousand dollars. Um, just in my bank account to help pay for things, student loans I have out the ass, um, you know, just basic living. Um, and so then this kind of turns into, uh, you know, the debate takes a turn into race, law and order, um, crime. I think the, this, I broke it up, but I think the specific topic that Chris Wallace, like how Chris Wallace wrote it was like crime, like race and crime, Something like that. I'm like, why did you write it like that, first off? Secondly, let's talk about Donald Trump. And that's a clip I'm sure you've seen everywhere. It's on Twitter. It was trending for a while. Um, I know every news source ever, newspaper, uh, anything, took it and ran. As they should. Um, But Trump would not denounce. He He got thrown a softball. The softball of all softballs. Basically, all he had to say was, fuck white supremacy. I don't support it. He didn't say it. Chris Wallace goes, president Trump, will you denounce white supremacists right now? And he's just like, who? What do you want me to call him? What do you want me to call him? And Joe Biden and Chris Wallace are both like, uh, white supremacists. Joe Biden goes, oh uh, how about the proud boys? And he goes, fine, fine. Stand by, stand down. But it's the Antifa. It's the radical leftists. They're the ones that are causing all the violence, not my supporters. And I'm like, bro, you literally just had to stand there and say, white supremacy is not good. I do not like white supremacy. And it's really interesting too, because after all this happens, and and people on Twitter are arguing and fighting, and the news sources are running with this, you know, people are quick to be like, oh, uh, didn't they know that they he signed something last week to uh, make Antifa and KKK terrorist organizations? He didn't sign anything. He made a promise, a pledge to make both of them, to write an executive order to make both of them terrorist organizations. He hasn't done it yet. So uh, no, I don't believe him when he says that he doesn't support white supremacists. I'm so sorry. Another big thing that people keep bringing up in line with this is when Charlottesville happened, what, like 2017, I think. Um, you know, he said there are very fine people on both sides. And that shouldn't really be <laughs> surprising to anybody. Any of this shouldn't be. When you're a candidate who's backed by Richard Spencer and David Duke. This is what you're going to get, right? This is the type of shit you're going to get. And I follow a lot of guys who, a lot of not just guys, but people who research and write a lot about, um, right-wing groups and, um, you know, far right-wing groups like the proud boys. And they have like a sort of Twitter almost for white supremacists in, and on that site, they're just going fucking nuts. Like Donald Trump, he he mentioned me. He mentioned us. Stand by, stand down, stand by. We hear you, Mr. President. Um, the 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 leader, the national leader of the Proud Boys, tweeted about it and posted on Facebook about it. And wow, well, I don't know, man. That's just that was one of, like I don't want to say scariest, but one of like the most chilling moments I think of the of the. There were two really big chilling moments. This was one of them. Um Wow. He then continues. Um, you know, he, he there's a video of Joe Biden from I think like ninety-three maybe, where he calls uh the black community super predators when talking about a crime bill. Um, which is true, which is true. Now I, I watched the video or the clip where he talks about it. I couldn't find the full thing to get like the context that came before it and the context that came after it. I just kind of got the part like a few seconds and a few seconds. He does talk about super predators that are beyond the pale. Um, you know, he talks about how dangerous they are and in, in like low income neighborhoods. Eh, yeah. Like he, he pretty much calls, you know, black Americans, super predators in his crime bill. Um, Ouch. No real rebuttal for that. I don't think you can get past that. And that's something I think that him choosing Harris, I think that's one of the, I hate to say it, I think that's one of the reasons why, right? He's running with a woman. He's running with a black woman. Um, who we're going to talk about at the VP debate um, here in a little bit, but she has her own tricky like, uh, relationship with crime statistics and how you know we treat low-income neighborhoods and how they're policed um biden though when he gets his chance to speak uh, finally after being interrupted for 12 minutes straight it seems you know he talks about how that black americans face discrimination every day very true again please listen to episode two with travis um to kind of get uh a personal look at that and how you know it affects him and how some of the things we talk about um he dodges the question about super predator trump kind of tries to push him He doesn't really answer it, doesn't talk about it. Um, And again, like I said, Biden pushes Trump to disown supremacy groups and he just flat out refuses to do so. It's very, very strange, very strange. The easiest question to answer, a softball. He could have hit that bitch out of the park and then just shit the bed. Um, And it was really interesting afterwards. I was watching an interview with Donald Trump Jr., Um, and I think Sean, God, Sean Hannity of all people, um, was interviewing him and, you know, they were talking about, oh man, my dad loves the African-American community. He's done so much for the African-American community. Uh, you know, uh, he's announced white supremacy in the past and technically that's true. Like in 2016, while campaigning, he did talk about, um, you know, how, you are know, disowning the KKK and how, you know, he, he wanted to help the African American community do, do better, um, and pour money into their neighborhoods and schools to make the, the playing field level for everybody. Um, but what's interesting is if you look over the years, things kind of changed the way he talks about it. Um, you know, the Charlottesville comment, there are very fine people on both sides. Um, the refusal at the debate that night to denounce white supremacy. It's really like scary trend because I think he's realizing that some of his base are a part of that. And, you know, during the debate, he kept telling Joe, you know, you're losing, you're losing your radical left base and you're losing your radical left base. We're talking about climate change, which is our next topic. Um, I think Trump's scared to lose that base as well. Um, you know, anybody who's involved in those groups, anybody who is like involved in like white supremacy light groups, he's afraid to lose them because that's his base Um, or some of it at least. And so he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to lose any votes. So I think that's kind of why he does. He, he sidesteps a lot of those questions now and tries to just kind of like yell through anybody who's asking them. Like I said, they move on to climate change. Um, and these questions were really good, by the way. Chris Wallace, um, like I said, Trump doesn't like him very much. Uh, Chris Wallace was one of the first Fox uh, News anchors, reporters, journalists, whatever you want to call him, um, to uh, to kind of dig into Donald Trump and really give him a what what on the air, um, and that began Trump's hatred of Fox News or some or parts of Fox News. Um, but we move on to climate change and um basically Trump is just yelling the whole time so is Joe Biden um but Trump's going he supports the degree the new green deal he supports the new green deal and Joe's like i do not support the new green deal um but the new green deal basically is this thing that AOC and i believe Harris was like a co-signer maybe to the bill i don't quite remember i Pence brought that up during the VP debate and I had trouble trying to find like a, a, a concrete answer, but I'm pretty sure she was a co-sponsor of the bill that would uh, create strict, strict um, limits to how much carbon industries in the United States could use. It would, you know, take like I think it's like 20 twenty-some trillion dollars, um, and like put it into green infrastructure and green business and create green jobs. Um, and sort of revitalize the renewable energy push in the United States and really get away from fossil fuels. Um, you know, in Biden's plan, um, from what I read and could kind of understand, seems to be like a watered-down version of that, where it's like $2 trillion. It's kind of got the same ideas as the New Green Deal, but it's a little less radical, right? And I think in part of the New Green Deal, it's like the airline industry would be... Sort of gutted a little bit and they couldn't. They'd be more regulated for like flights and how much fuel and like they'd be pushed to do like green initiatives. Um, and so, yeah, Trump's like, ah, oh, he supports the, the radical left and the new Green Deal and, you know, it's going to cost him way more than the $2 trillion he says it's going to be. Um, plus, he's going to raise your taxes. And um, again, he. It says Antifa and socialists and radical leftists are responsible for the forest fires and um, which uh, you can easily debunk. You just like flip on any news source, any news source. And it's like, ah, this gender reveal party started a 500 million acre forest fire in California because it's dry shit outside because of climate change. Um, and what was really interesting about the vice presidential debate is, you know, they ask Directly, Mike Pence, and they go, Hey, you know, what do you think? Climate change, an existential threat? Do we need to be worried about it? And Mike Pence is like, Nah, we'll see what the science says and we'll do what's right for us, but we're not going to gut American jobs. And I think one of the quotes he goes, He goes, like, Liberals want to, um, oh, wow, man, what was it? Because it was so funny. Sorry, I didn't understand. I don't care. Google, my Google assistant thinks I'm trying to talk to it. Um, but he says something like, liberals want to essentially end, ban, ban fossil fuels. And I'm just like shaking my head like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to happen eventually. Fossil fuels need to go. We use too much of it. Um, but again, like Biden just is like, ah, I don't like to do a green deal. Um, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris said something really interesting during the vice presidential debate. Um, I believe Biden said something about you know being carbonless by 2050. Uh, Kamala Harris said you know we want to be carbonless as late as 2050 um but the the goal I think is to be carbonless or fossil fuelless by 2035 so that's in 15 years um so I think that's a really interesting juxtaposition because like again Trump didn't offer any i don't know any policies like I, I think the debate was so hectic and chaotic Um, because there wasn't time for truthfully, either of them to say what they were going to do. They just kind of said what the other wasn't doing and how bad the job of the job they were doing. And nobody really talked about any fundamental ideas. Like there was some talk from Joe Biden about it, but Donald Trump didn't bring up anything. Um, Joe Biden did quote some interview that somebody had where he's Trump says like, I'm going to nuke a hurricane or let's just drop nukes in the middle of a hurricane and dissipate it. Um, which I, I tried to fact check and from what I could find um, that maybe happened, maybe it didn't happen. It's It was kind of hard to confirm. It was like an anonymous source. So were they just kind of making it up? Were they exaggerating That the people who wrote the, the articles, like the, the media, essentially were they exaggerating a little bit for headlines? Maybe. Um, I couldn't really find too concrete an answer. Um, but then we move into the, like I said, there were two chilling parts. One of the other the, the most chilling, I think probably the most chilling was when we got to the election and Chris Wallace framed, oh my God, Google. Shut up. Sorry. It's, I know this is like a hectic episode. <sighs> okay. Anyways. Um, so the election. Um, Chris Walls framed the question, you know, Donald Trump, President Trump, you you've been on record talking about transitions transitions of power and how you know mail-in fraud's a big issue. Um, will you commit to a successful transition of power tonight? And he didn't comment on that again. He wouldn't he wouldn't talk about it. All he did was want to argue the legitimacy of mail-in ballots, um, which is completely legitimate. The FBI Homeland Security has come out and said, hey, we found no evidence that this is an issue. We found no evidence that there's any sort of corruption within mail ballots. It's actually in some states it's extremely hard to do mail ballots. I you may have seen it. There's this really really cringy video with like celebrities like I think, like it's like um, Mark Ruffalo, like Sarah Silverman, I think Amy Schumer, Chelsea Handler, and a couple of other uh, those are like the names I remember at the top of my head. But do this really cringy video where they're like they get like naked. And they talk about naked ballots, and in Pennsylvania, it's a really big deal. Basically, what it is is um, when you vote in Pennsylvania through mail, you have to put it into an envelope, a special envelope that they give you. Then you have to take that envelope and put it in another envelope to make, and you have to do it a certain way to make sure that, like, you can't see through into your ballot because that could be, I guess, to the state of Pennsylvania, a form of like voter fraud or. Um, not making sure like the vote is secure kind of thing. Um, so that's like, it's like a very difficult process. Um, and if you do something slightly wrong with those, with those envelopes, your vote won't be counted. Um, and he also said that his supporters should like go out to the polls and watch for fraud and like watch for voter suppression of Trump supporters, which is illegal, by the way, there are people that get paid. And trained, and and they have to like sit through like essentially what are classes to learn law like the law, to be able to do this like for real, um, you just can't like I can't just go in there and stand and watch people vote and like, kind of like peer into booths and look around. That's illegal. Um, that's voter fraud. What he said that when he asked his his supporters to do is voter fraud. Um, I don't know. It's so strange. He's been attacking mail in ballots for a long time, and you know he said he was going to win, so it wouldn't matter. Um, but he figured, you know, it's going to be weeks or months until all the mail-in ballots are counted, which is probably true. There's going to be a lot more mail-in uh, vote by mail this year because of the pandemic. Um, so it's going to take a little bit longer um, to get that through. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, He said he's going to take it to the court if it came to it. That's what he figured it would do. So Biden, he and this is like one of the those moments of clarity I I was talking about, where it looked like the Biden we've seen in the memes and on the internet, him, you know, saying crazy things sometimes or doing weird things because he's old. Um, He this is like the moment of the moment of clarity that is going to stick in my mind for for a bit. You know, he gives this big rousing speech looks like directly into the camera and he goes get out and vote this is your election this is a democracy you gotta vote 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 take it in your hands vote vote um and he said he was going to accept the results no matter what as that is how democracy works if he wins he wins if he loses he'll accept it because that's the way democracy works and i saw this tweet today speaking of that from excuse me um a senator in utah that said this isn't a he he is republican by the way And he says we're not a democracy. Um, Technically, we're a republic, um, like a representative republic, but also a democracy. Like, you can be both. It's not like one label is another. Like, you can be both. Like, the Republic of Rome was a democracy. It just, the republics work in a different way with representatives. We're in a representative democracy. We are a democracy. We vote. The people get to, to speak. We're not a direct democracy, right? Where our votes are directly linked to who wins. We are a representative democracy. We have people who talk for us. Um, we have people who pass laws for us, and we vote in the people we want. I don't think I should have to explain this, to you listeners. I'm sure you know. And I don't think I should have to explain this to a senator from Utah. I don't think I should have to do that. But I guess I do because he's an fucking idiot. Um, and speaking of democracy, we're a, law and order was one of the big, big um, hot button topics I was kind of excited to hear about, you know, because I, I was kind of hoping Biden would kind of just rip, rip into him about this this sort of stuff. And he kind of did. Um, Trump, again, He, I think he starts this section. He starts quite a few sections, but I think he started this section and he talks about how what a great job the the police and the military did in quelling riots and looting. Uh, looting. Um, you know, he was like, ah, these Democratic blue states with governors and blue mayors, you know, they're disastrous. And if it weren't for me, they'd be burning still. And blah 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 blah. blah. Um, you know, talked about Joe Biden's America being ten times worse and not a good alternative um, to what he was going to offer. And blah 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 blah. blah. Um, Talked about how Joe Biden was soft on crime when he was, you know, vice president and just throughout his political career, which is really interesting because, like, not like forty-five minutes later during the the race topic, you know, he talked about how Joe Biden was hard on, you know, African American, the African American community when it comes to crime and calling them super predators. So he like tries to, I don't know, it's like this weird hypocritical moment. Not saying that Joe Biden's like a good dude or a perfect dude. Um, or that he didn't say those things because he like definitely did. It's it's recorded by C SPAN. <laughs> you can go watch the clip. Um, you know, Joe Biden responded to him by saying that when he was vice president and some of the you know initiatives that he worked with people on, the crime lowered by 17 to 15 percent and you know, he was he didn't really present any sort of policy or plan, like most things, like both of them didn't do on how he was going to do it but he's going to promote peace and one of his plans i guess he did say was using a lower crime by legalizing um or decriminalizing marijuana that's kind of like the new thing to say for a lot of politicians now i'm not going to legalize marijuana i'm going to decriminalize uh marijuana charges like i'm just he's going to legalize marijuana and through other crime reforms he did talk about bringing in you know civil rights leaders and you know the police unions and chief, the chiefs and sheriffs, and um, and try to come to some sort of uh, you know like resolution to this whole problem. Um, and Joe Biden's been criticized in the past, and I know, you know he he's come out and said you know the killing of police officers is bad, and you know nobody wants to die, and he reiterated that again. And um, I mean it's a good point of view to have, I guess, like nobody, I don't, and I, Travis and I kind of talked about last time, like we both said, you know, nobody should be dying. Like whether you're a cop or a, or a black man, um, or a black woman, as we've seen in some cases. Um, but that's just the reality of what's going on. And I think Travis said it best. Like he didn't choose to be black. They chose to be a police officer. They should be doing their job. Um, and I think that's kind of what Biden's point was. Um, but that's kind of like all the, all the topics that they covered. There's, there's some more in there. Um, I kind of hit the highlights, go back and watch the full hour and a half. I suggest you do it. Um, it's hectic, it's chaotic, be prepared to have a headache because they're just going to be yelling at you for an hour and like a half, but go back and check it out. So let's do some fact checking. Um, I just did a few things that I thought was really interesting. Um, so we're talking about voting, right? Um, we've already talked about naked ballots. Uh, You know, voting by mail has been happening for years. The military still votes by mail. If you're in the military and you're in Afghanistan right now listening to this, stay safe. Um, But you can vote by mail. You get an absentee ballot sent to you. You fill it out. You send it back. I don't know why he is criticizing some states but not criticizing the mail and ballot of the military members then. Um, He only criticizes really like blue states, essentially, and and he thinks they're going to cheat them. I really thought he was going to bring up, there was a story from Minnesota about ballot harvesting, um, which is kind of a confusing topic. The way that I understand it is, to ballot harvest, you basically get other people who aren't legally able to collect ballots, and they do it. And um, Ilian Omar in Minnesota has been accused of doing this, by Tulsi Gabbard, which is really interesting because you have a Democrat snitching on another Democrat. Um, I don't know the outcome of that story. I don't really think anything happened with it. I'm pretty sure it was just kind of like a one shot thing and it kind of blew over. Um, another fact check, uh, Biden was talking about the trade deficit with China and Mexico and talking about how, you know, disastrous it was for the United States. He's actually wrong. Um, the deficit between China and the United States went down significantly under Donald Trump, actually. Um, we kind of evened the playing field out in terms of imports and exports. That's what that deficit's talking about, how much we import to a, uh, from a country versus the amount we export. And that that deficit, the the middle, um, it kind of leveled out a little bit, uh, significantly under Donald Trump. Um, I don't want to praise the man. Fuck that guy. But, you know, uh, facts are facts like, if it's true, it's true, and it's true. Now Mexico, it's a little bit roller coastery. Um, goes up and down, up and down, and I mean, it's done that for a while. Um, especially after getting out of NAFTA, um, the North America Free Trade Agreement that Bill Clinton got us into in the '90s. Donald Trump pulled us out. Um, oh, and another thing. Speaking of pulling out of agreements, Biden drove into the point that Donald Trump took us out of the Paris Police, uh, the Paris uh, Climate Agreement. Um, and, and Donald Trump was like, ah, it was bad for us. We were doing so much, um, so much. And so that was another interesting thing. Uh, the new green deal uh, in Biden, we kind of hit on that a little bit. Again, like I said, it's basically the same thing minus some details. Um, basically the idea is the same renewable by 2050 at the latest. Again, during the VP debate, Harris said 2035, I don't know, um, And he wants to create, you know, green jobs that focus on nuclear energy. The things that it leaves out um, is Medicare for all. So part of the new green deal was, you know, creating health care for everybody. And the strict carbon emissions mandate. So the fact that there would be zero, um, there would be no, you know, there would be some carbon emissions under Biden's new green deal, um, but not zero. Um, I don't know about you, but we need to do fucking something fast uh, because it's freaking me out. And again, the nuking the hurricanes, he might've said it. He might not have. There's no concrete evidence. He just wanted to bring it up. I think Biden did to kind of make Trump look like a fool. Not that he needs help. Anyways, moving on to the second debate, Um, the VP debate. There's only one vice presidential debate. Um, I don't like vice presidential debates. They're lame as shit. Basically, all it is is an hour and a half of asking similar questions to the presidential debate. And then the vice presidential candidate spewing the same shit that the presidential candidate said, or kind of backtracking and, and giving new answers or, um, you know, re-explaining things that maybe the presidential candidate didn't, uh, do well. Um, I thought Kamala looked really good. I thought she was very smart. Well, she is very smart. But I thought she was very succinct in her responses. I thought she was um, kept the right tone and kept uh, the right level of professionalism. And I was really impressed and really glad that they didn't yell and scream at each other for an hour and a half. Um, It was much, much more civil than um, Trump v. Biden, which is to be expected, I think. Pence, he said the same shit that Trump does, although Pence is a better speaker than Donald Trump, more eloquent he's well-versed he's a career politician so he knows how to say things but he was just he was just sugarcoating a bunch of bullshit and i know everybody got distracted by the fly but let's not get distracted from the fact that mike pence during a vice presidential debate on national television in front of how many of people said two fucked up things one there was a specific question about the Breonna Taylor case and whether or not the candidates thought that justice had been served um, in that case. Kamala obviously says, no, we need to be held accountable. We have to have more training. We have to have more conversations with people. We have to bring in leaders from all walks of life to, to get towards resolution and try to figure out how to fix this. You know, and she quotes her time as, a, as an attorney general, as a prosecutor and working closely with law enforcement that, you know, if, uh, bad apples um, make the entire law enforcement community look bad, um, etc. Pretty much the same things that Biden had said for fucking ever. Pence says, I trust the justice system. There was a grand jury there. They heard the facts and decided on the evidence. Okay, motherfucker. He also said that systemic racism doesn't exist. Huh? He didn't believe that systemic racism exists. For him, it doesn't, because he's a white Christian man who can rise up in the ranks easily. That's not how it works for everybody. Mike, mechanical pencil. God. Um, And then he kind of like shits on Harris's record as as Attorney General of California Um, and how conviction rates in the African-American community while she was in San Francisco... Like skyrocketed, and I tried to find, I tried to find some some facts, some statistics, and some comparisons between the years that she was there, um, to try to fact check that and get some verification on that. But I couldn't find anything. I had trouble. Uh, so maybe it's true. Maybe it isn't. Those are the th- the three highlights I have. I dislike the vice presidential debate. I don't think it's good. I'm glad there's only one. Um, anyways, moving on. Trump, sick, COVID-19. The man is on a a host of drugs for sure, high as a kite, sitting in the fucking Oval Office tweeting from his phone. Um, There's a really weird timeline going on that I don't even fully understand, even after looking into this, even after reading about it and trying to understand it. Makes no sense. I think he was definitely sick at, or definitely at least positive at the debate because then like two days later, he's, he's testing positive. Before the debate... He has the Rose Garden ceremony for uh, Barrett. He's got all the republic, like you know, Republicans there. He's got important political figures there. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's got COVID nineteen, and I think like almost ten or fifteen others that were there at that that event have COVID nineteen. A lot of his staff have COVID nineteen. I know Hope Hicks um, was like the first of his of his team that got COVID nineteen, and so then you know the the theory is, or she gave it to him before the debate. He had it during the debate, and now he's got it. And then he went to the hospital, um, got tested, got put on a whole host of drugs, you know, got the best medical care at Walter Reed because he's a president, and then tweeted out about how COVID-19 was pussy shit and that nobody should be afraid. Well, yeah, you're going to say that because, again, you have 24-hour service, you don't pay for it, and you have the best doctors in the country at Walter Reed. So your care is going to be significantly better than mine when I go to the doctor and I can't breathe out my chest. I think that's all that needs to be said there. Um, on his Fox Business interview today, he sounded, oh, so shitty, so terrible. Like, I didn't even know if that was, if I didn't have the the little box that said, you know, President Donald Trump on the phone with or whatever, I don't, I don't think, if I had my eyes closed, I don't think I'd have believed that was him. I really don't. He sounded so bad. And, you know, there have been videos posted, you know, of him, you know, supposedly having trouble breathing and I I don't really put much stock in those. Who knows what's going on in those videos. Um, but just hearing him didn't sound that great. You know, he says he feels fine, obviously. We'll just have to watch. And I know there's been a lot of talk about what happens if he's incapacitated. You know, with in, in a talk about the the 25th Amendment, which basically says, lays out the line of succession. You know, the president dies, it's the vice president, and then the Speaker of the House, so on and so forth. But in an election year, how does that work? Well, let's say Donald Trump becomes too sick to run on the ticket then vice uh mike pence becomes president and will assume the responsibilities of running the campaign and trying to get reelected. yikes that's like worst case scenario man for the republicans at least um mike pence to a lot of what the people that vote for trump isn't necessarily i don't think that appealing i don't think a lot of people like mike pence even within you know trump's fan base um so what's we'll up to keep an eye on and see? Hasn't been much news as of late, except from that Fox Business interview, which is fucking loony. He screams and yells about indicting Hillary Clinton on something. He screams and yells about sp- having you know his campaign spied on. He screams and yells about the quote unquote curse that China put on the United States. How he's not going to forget it and you know he doesn't forgive easily and this that and the other. And I'm like, dude, who let you on the phone after you took your medicine, man? Calm down, um, bad shit. Um, another thing I I saw just before I just before I turned on the mic, so I don't know too much about it. Um, but the governor of Michigan, the FBI just arrested like six dudes for plotting to like kidnap and like torture her. They had been like staking out her house and her vacation home in Michigan and like doing surveillance and. They met in like somebody's basement that had like a rug kept over like the entrance and no cell phones were allowed down. But one of the guys who was involved in the plot got cold feet, went to the FBI and wore a wire into one of the meetings. And that's kind of how they got caught. Um, I know they arrested four out of the six. I'm pretty sure maybe two of them took deals. Um, Wow. And what's really amazing too that I've seen is that everybody, everybody covering this has called them like a militia and they are a part of some like right wing sovereign citizen militia in in michigan but let's just call them what they are man they're terrorists those guys right there domestic terrorists you're plotting to kidnap and i'm gonna just assume torture a in a, a democratically elected official of the u.s government now i'm not gonna i'm not gonna blame donald trump but he did tweet out liberate michigan in all caps Exclamation mark. I'm not gonna blame Steven Crowder, but he did put out like fifteen videos on his YouTube channel demonizing uh this poor woman. Huh? Like fuck you guys. You've made her a target. And this is the same state, remember, that armed member that armed people came into the state capitol and protested the mask mandate that she put into place. They were carrying weapons, all of them, guns, everything, whole nine yards body armor, masks, so you couldn't see them, their faces. Absolutely psycho. Like I said, I, I I just saw that before I turned the mic on, so I don't have too much of the timeline. I just know, you know, the FBI arrested six guys. Four of them have, i definitely been arrested. I'm pretty sure the other two are coming. They're probably just hiding. Um, and it was a very serious threat. Like there are texts where between these guys in like the the criminal like the the warrant and the criminal write up uh, that they did, you know, where they're talking about taking quote unquote taking care of her and how, you know, either we're going to do it or the bullets are going to do it. And I was like, Jesus Christ, people, what the fuck is wrong with you um, just because of a mask mandate? Shit, that's fuck, that's nuts, um, but I have more information as as it comes out next week in an episode. Um, See what uh, the FBI has to say and see what their bond is set at. Um, But let's move into the fun things to end the episode. Um, I got a new cat. Yay, new cat. Her name is Ophelia. Um, She is like eight weeks old. She's very small and fluffy. She's gray. Um, My cat that I own and I have now, my older cat, Indy, she's like two. Uh, She's been hissing and growling like, constantly around the fucking house, like looking for her. Um, I had her down in my living room yesterday, last night with some friends and they did fine. Indy kind of growled and hissed at her and just laid and looked from afar. Um, Ophelia paid no fucking attention to her and just played and ran around and, um, it went really well. I, I, am I'm hopeful that they're going to get along. Hopefully they do. Um, what else have I been doing that's fun? Um, oh, well, I'm playing, uh, I don't know if you've, you've played among us before. You have to play among us. It's so fun. I'm doing it tonight. Um, at the time of this recording, I, I got like a half hour until, you know, <clears throat> our friend group starts playing. I'm really excited. It's basically, you have crew of a spaceship. You have an imposter, uh, like an alien kind of thing, um, that looks like one of the crew members and you basically have to decide who it is. Um, The imposter's goal is to kill everybody or get people voted out enough to where they win. Uh, the crewmate's goal is to fix things around the ship and get all their tasks done before the imposter can do that to win the win the game. Um, it's so fun. Even if like, you don't play like video games, it's not really even a video game. It's just like a lie simulator. And if you're bad at lying, you're gonna get so much better after playing Among Us. Um, it's so much fun. And then lastly, um, I've been watching rewatching daredevil on netflix and even if you're not a fan of superheroes and things like that just check it out dude it's super good um you i sometimes even forget it's like a show about superheroes um it's a really good show um it's it's pretty gritty it's kind of um it's a little violent it's got some language obviously so just you know be cognizant of that but it's super good it's super fun um so that's kind of what i've been up to uh, most of my time has been taking up with this new cat, uh, which is kind of like why my my recordings have been a little crazy. Also, <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to fucking rip my audio from Travis's episode, so I was like, dicking around on the internet trying to figure it out. Um, finally, got it. Turns out Anchor, where I publish all my podcasts, does it for you. So thank you, Anchor, if you're listening to this, um, for allowing that to happen. Um, yeah, that's what I've been up to. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always. Um. Let me know what you think. Have a great week. You know, I don't care what you're doing, uh, but be smart, be safe, have fun, and I will see you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>